sorts of tea about what's going on inside Washington, D.C., what regulators and lawmakers are working on and thinking about, and what you and your credit union should be focused on as potential risk areas and areas of opportunity. My name is Ann Petros. I'm NAFQ's Vice President of Regulatory Affairs and your host. And today I am joined by a very special guest, retired Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson, also former CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union for 14 years until 2019. And Admiral Dawson has a wealth of knowledge on credit union uh, operations and policy issues, and he is a distinguished and respected leader in the credit union industry. So Admiral Dawson, may I call you Cutler? Please do. Please call me Cutler. Thank you for joining me today on this episode to talk about focus areas for credit union leaders. We really appreciate your time. I, I am just delighted to be here. Oh, wonderful. Let's get started. Now, how has retirement been treating you? What have you been up to? Well, retirement has just I mean, it's just flown by and the last four years has just gone like gangbusters. Um, um, I've been doing a, a lot of different things. Um, I finished up writing a book uh, called From the Sea to the C-Suite. It was about lessons I learned from the Navy that I applied to being the CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union. And the book's a hoot. Um, uh, it was written with naval aviators in mind. It's a little book with big print, and it has pictures. Um, and so I've been doing some speaking based on leadership. Uh, I'm also the chairman of the Board of Governors for the Center for Creative Leadership based in Greensboro, North Carolina. And Debbie and I have been doing traveling, and currently uh, I'm in Sun Valley, Idaho, skiing until March. Wonderful. Well, I'm super jealous because here in the D.C. area and I think all over the East Coast has been pretty warm and uh, rainy, so less than ideal uh, ski weather. So I, uh, I envy your, your skiing um, opportunities out there. Been pretty good? Oh, it's been fantastic. Um, uh, I, my wife and I ski almost every day and um, uh, the conditions are fantastic. So uh, everyone should hurry up and retire so that they can come skiing all the time like we are. <laughs> Excellent. Well, and your book from the sea to the C-suite is absolutely phenomenal. I highly recommend it to all of our viewers and listeners. So check that out. Now let's, you know, dive into some more substantive um, issues and talk about you know, the legislative and regulatory landscape, which is really never boring. Um, and lately there have been a lot of, you know, hot button uh, issues in the news, um, you know, CFPB's war on late fees, uh, threats to interchange income, uh, fraud and changes in the payment space, just to name a few. So, you know, what worries you the most and what would be your advice to credit union leaders today? Well, my first advice would be um, make every attempt that you can at whatever level that you're operating at to stay informed. 
Uh, and I can tell you, um, over the years, I have relied on NAPQ to provide me with a great deal of information that kept me informed. Um, and we, we, when I was at Navy Federal, when they still do this today, we, we put together what's called the Daily Clips. And it's a compilation of different articles uh, in the newspaper, in trade magazines, whatever, that impact credit unions. And it's a way for, uh, it was a way for us at Navy Federal for everyone at every level to stay informed. Uh, and I can't stress enough that. Um, and then the other thing you touched on, uh, let's say the activities of CFPB, uh, the regulator, uh, it helps you with that. But there's a way that I think that credit unions can help NAFQ, uh, and that is to provide them, them data and information on, let's pick one, um, credit card late fees. What does that mean to your members? And what does that mean to the um, health and welfare of your credit card portfolio? Um, those, that information is useful when NAFQ makes arguments in behalf of all credit unions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and on that topic in particular, you know, NAFU has released a special survey seeking your feedback um, and specific data about, you know, the late fees that you charge and, and the practices that you have in place in your credit union. And it's incredibly important that we get that feedback so that we can respond to the CFPB. Um, you know, another topic that I mentioned was interchange income. Have you been following that, uh, you know, debate about the, the credit card uh, interchange, you know, discussion and, and what might happen there? I have been following it, and it brought back a lot of memories about debit card interchange uh, and the lessons that we learned from that. Um, and the primary lesson that, that I learned from that is don't let the outside divide the credit union community. Uh, let's say, don't let it divide by size of credit union. Um, you People may remember, they may not remember, that one of the chinks that, that allowed the debit card interchange to go through was, oh, this is going to be good for small credit unions. Uh, uh, they're actually going to do even better. Well, that wasn't quite the case. But that, that was the method that was used against credit unions um, to get them uh, not to object. Mm -hmm. That's a really important point. I mean, if we can't work together, then that, you know, sort of blunts the effectiveness of the industry in, in pushing back against misguided, you know, policy proposals like this. It's a slippery slope. Um, the people that... <clears throat> say may have a different view than we do, will use any comment um, against us uh, as a way of saying, well, they don't all feel that way or, or uh, what's being betrayed is not accurate. Uh, so we just have to think that through, I think, very carefully. And I will tell you one other thing, um, and this is still true today, is that Navy Federal, even though we were the largest credit unions, we very much tried to keep in mind the smaller credit unions. We recognized that we were a small credit union once upon a time, and um, we looked after their best interests because we thought that their best interests coincided with ours. 
Yeah, we've again, we've all got to work together, you know, regardless of of asset size. So, what are your thoughts on the way that credit unions are currently, you know, managing the economic environment which is unprecedented um, in, in a lot of ways. We're in a very um, unique economic position these days. Well, first of all, I would say they're doing quite well. Uh, the, the most difficult thing about the economic environment, as you call it, is you really don't know what's coming ahead. Uh, people, let's say today, they talk about the possibility of reception, we might have one, we might have not have one. But if we look historically, there's always a recession. It, it's gonna come, it's either gonna be mild or not so mild. Um, but the dissettling, unsettling fact is that we don't not exactly know the road ahead. So I think that's when um, it's best to rely on our basics. What are our basics? Um, our basics are our membership, and our employees. And if we're doing the right things by them, we're gonna come through whatever economic storm may be on the horizon. But we gotta keep them forefront in our mind. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, all right, so Navy Federal in 90 plus years has never had a layoff. Even during the last great recession, we never had a layoff. We felt that loyalty of employees goes both ways. We want employees to be loyal to our credit union, but we need to be loyal to them in return. Um, but that doesn't mean we didn't take actions uh, to prepare for a recession. Um, uh, I chuckle when I, I used to tell our folks, let's reduce expenses where we can. And I would ask them, go about expenses as if you were spending your own household money. And where, where, what decision would you make if it was your money and not just the credit unions? And they always smiled at me and uh, uh, said, never thought about it that way. And, uh, but that's a good idea. Uh, and now I'm gonna tell you a really kind of a funny story. Uh, I think I'd been at Navy Federal about three years and my wife and I were going to an event down in DC and, um, you know, I was mindful of expenses and I parked three blocks away because the parking was free. And as we were walking to the credit union uh, event, she said, you know, you're the largest credit union in the world. Don't you think you might be able to pay for parking when you <laughs> when you go to events? And um, I just smiled. And, and the next event we went to, I paid for parking. <laughs> You got to keep your wife happy. Right? But now I'll tell you another story. I, I'm standing in line one time. I'm coming back from a credit union conference. I'm standing in the taxi line. And I see another CEO uh, come out of the hotel headed to the airport. Mm -hmm. And I, I turned to him and I said, would you like to share a taxi with me? I was going to pay for it. He was a $100 million credit union. And um, we were probably $80 billion at the time. And he looked at me, smiled. He said, no, thanks. I've got a car and driver coming to pick me up. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I, my antenna went up a little bit. <laughs> now, how do you think the NCUA has been, you know, handling um, 
the economy and providing guidance to credit unions as they're managing challenges like interest rate risk and liquidity risk. Has the NCUA been helpful in the guidance that they've been releasing lately and, you know, how they're going about supervising the industry? And if not, you know, what more could they do to assist the industry during this time? You know, that's a tough one. Um, there are a lot of good folks that work at NCUA. Um, but we all have to remember that their number one, I think, this is my opinion, their number one motivation is how can they continue to be a regulatory agency and not be subsumed in, let's say, FDIC or somewhere else. So a lot of their decisions um, are based on that premise. And that cannot, sometimes that's not in the best interests of the rank and file credit unions. Um, but it's just like a congressman. Uh, the first motivation of a congressman is to get reelected. And you just have to get past that and try to work with that. Um, and um, sometimes they're more risk adverse than let's say an individual credit union. Um, let's take liquidity risk. Um, when I was at Navy Federal, we got to about 110% loans to savings ratio because we had multiple sources of liquidity that we could go out. Well, NCUA didn't like that too much because they said, well, what if it all dried up? And we said, well, our loans will run out, uh, run off, and, and we'll deal with it. Now, that wasn't quite good enough. Um, so the struggles aren't different. Uh, they continue to be the same. Um, and then let's take one other example. Um, interest rate cap, um, which is at 18 um, percent. They're reluctant to go any further uh, because they may be criticized and say, well, your organization are just like banks. So we're going to put you we're going to dissolve you and put them under FDIC. So um, it is what it is. And the only advice I can give is you have to deal with it, you have to manage it, and then you always have to fall back on what is best for my members and how can I make the best of whatever regulation um, they come up with. Well, NAFQ has recently been very vocal about the need for the NCUA to reevaluate the interest rate ceiling um, that, you know, the 18 percent uh, cap is no longer appropriate. It was set decades ago. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's time to rethink what, uh, worked for a while, but may no longer be appropriate for, you know, today's environment. Um, and a lot of NAFQ's members have been quite vocal on this topic as well. So, um, we know that the agency is evaluating it and, um, collecting data and, and coming to a conclusion about whether they are, um, willing and able to, uh, increase the the ceiling soon. So we look forward to uh, learning more from the agency. Now, you mentioned earlier the importance of loyalty to employees. 
And a lot of credit unions are you know, dealing with recruitment and retention issues. And the NCUA, in fact, has been stressing the importance of succession planning and has listed that as you know an item to consider in its supervisory priorities for this year, that there will be a questionnaire for credit unions during the exam process to determine whether they have a succession plan in place and what it looks like. Um, what do you think are the most important factors impacting talent recruitment and retention, especially, you know, in, in leadership roles within a credit union? <coughs> well, you have to understand, I came from a Navy background mm -hmm. and in the Navy, we were transferred every couple years to a different assignment, um, generally whether we wanted to or not. Um, but there's great advantages to that. And, and I would encourage everyone at every credit union to, to think about getting out of their comfort zone and learning more about their credit union. And don't be hesitant to take a position that you're not familiar with. But by virtue of the fact that you go into that position, you're gonna learn and you're gonna become the subject matter expert there along with the other areas that you've worked at the credit union. And that, that is really the art of succession planning, um, to, to get people to, to um, ex have different experiences and, and take them on. Um, and by the way, the one, one bit of advice I would give to anyone that's listening out there is, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. Um, if, if your bosses have the confidence in you that you can do the job, go for it and do it. And um, it, it'll just make you stronger and better. Mm -hmm. So are you suggesting that, you know, credit unions evaluate some sort of um, internal, you know, rotation with, within um, and among you know, departments and um, different offices in their, in their credit unions as a way to, you know, grow employee skills? <laughs> Absolutely. But I... Mm. I hope that it's not dictated what that framework has to look like mm -hmm. by NCUA. Uh, it, it really has to be tailored to the individual credit union. Sure. I mean, every credit union is, yeah. is different, right? Larger credit unions it's have different, different needs um, and, and may have, well, certainly do have more complex, you know, leadership structures. That's for sure. Um, and I, I, I can't help but to put a plug in for one other thing, if you, if you don't mind. Um, and this is directed at, uh, at your audience. Um, always be, th I, I think that if you're working at a credit union, you wanna be the subject matter expert on what you do. When I came to Navy Federal as the CEO, I was not the subject matter expert as a CEO, but I said, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to learn what I can. Uh, and um, I did that by talking to the employees who were subject matter experts. So that's one. And two, um, always have your elevator speech ready to go. All right, what do I mean by that? I call it the Raleigh Phillips uh, speech. Uh, I got in, in, uh, in an elevator at Navy Federal Headquarters one day, and a young executive named Raleigh Phillips followed in right behind me. And I, I met him, I, I knew him vaguely, and I turned to him and I said, Raleigh, tell me about yourself. 
Well, in the three floors that we were in that elevator, he had researched. I mean, he had rehearsed, obviously, what he was going to say to me. When I got to where my floor, I knew everything about him that was good. And uh, I kept an eye on him the rest of the time he was at Navy Federal. And I said, we need to really find some place for him to go in advance. So everyone should have their Raleigh Phillips speech. <laughs> that is good advice. And, you know, what what advice would you give to, to viewers, um, you know, who may be executives or leaders within their credit union and they're, you know, figuring out how to manage a crisis situation, you know, a particularly difficult or challenging decision that, you know, the credit union has to make. What what steps should they take? <laughs> well, lots of different things come to mind, but um, one, the first one is don't kill the messenger. Okay. Um, because then you're not going to get over time, you're not going to get an accurate picture of what's really going on. Uh, you can't deal with it if you don't know what's going on. Um, so just take the information. And then the second piece of advice I would have is keep smiling. Never stop smiling. I, I remember during the Great Recession, I'd walk around headquarters and, and and I was worried about the future. But I said, I can't, I can't have a frown on my face because everybody's going to say, oh, what's bothering Cutler? What's wrong? And so I smiled, and um, uh, and we got through every. I mean, there were bumps in the road, but you're going to get through them. Uh, but you get through it with teamwork, and then you thank people for the help that they that they provided to get you through it. And then, if you're the leader of your team, and leader means anyone from CEO uh, anywhere. Um, you take responsibility for the crisis. You say, this is on me and I'm gonna help us figure it out. And, and you, don't, you don't look for people to, uh, to blame or uh, go after. You say, let's now, we know what we have to do. Let's get on with it as a team and let's take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of the points that you made seem particularly important, you know, having a positive attitude, always smiling, um, taking accountability for, you know, what's, what's happened and, and what to do about it next. And, you know, also recognizing the good work of others and, and thanking them and showing appreciation. I mean, that is really how you demonstrate in some ways loyalty to employees and make them feel engaged and um, make them want to stay and, you know, continue to grow within the organization. And, you know, through word of mouth, at least, that will hopefully attract other, um, you know, potential candidates to, to join the organization as well. And sometimes, by the way, you've got to celebrate an 80% solution. It is really hard to get to a hundred percent perfect solution. So don't don't forget to praise when it's eighty percent. And also, really, um, one thing I found very useful: praise people when they're not even in the room. Boy, that word gets back to them really quickly, and um, they like it. So, um, uh, but keep smiling. Uh, and then last point I want to make on that is 
I'm back to never lose sight of your employees and your members. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by members. Uh, during the last recession, uh, everyone was concerned about credit risk. A lot of banks and financial institutions reduced the credit lines on credit cards for their cardholders. We said at Navy Federal, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't abandon our members when they need us. Uh, we signed up for this amount of credit for them, and we're going to see it through. Well, guess what happened? When we got through the crisis of the recession, we heard in spades from our members how much they appreciated us standing by them in a difficult time. That's hugely important. And I mean, NAFQ hears countless stories about, you know, how credit unions go above and beyond to um, offer, you know, programs and assistance to their members in the most difficult of times. I mean, certainly we saw that through the, the pandemic when a lot of consumers were facing economic hardship um, and, you know, credit unions stepped up to, to help them weather that storm. And that's just one example, but, you know, government shutdowns um, in the past have um, allowed, you know, credit unions an opportunity to, to step in again and, um, you know, help help bridge financial, you know, shortfalls um, if, if people are out of work because of the shutdown. So uh, we see it time and time again. And um, I think, you know, that get back, gets back to your point about loyalty. You know, it's not just to the employees, but also to your members and, and you'll see it in return. Um, they, you are absolutely right. Um, but I w I'm going to make a little bit of a segue here. Sure. Uh, there are some members at your credit union that you're never going to make happy. Um, despite your best efforts, um, and probably all of you on the line right now are smiling because you've had an experience. Um, and some members can get downright abusive. And we institute a policy at Navy Federal called the Abusive Member Policy. And we said, if a member is so out of line with an employee, we're going to terminate their relationship. Um, and it worked like magic with the employees. They rarely asked for it, but they knew we had their back if someone uh, was really difficult. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, we put this policy in. And a member came up to cash a check in one of our branches, and our young lady who was a teller said, sir, I, I can't cash your check until we talk about your delinquent loan. And he goes, I don't want to talk about the loan, cash the check. She said, well, I can't do that. And he said, listen, I come from a profession that hurts people. And uh, she said, I still I, I can't cash a check. So he left in a huff. <laughs> And we got the report real quickly up at headquarters. And about 10 minutes after he left the branch, he got a call from our head of security uh, who said, you're never to go into a Navy federal branch again. And if you do, we'll have you arrested. And we're going to close out all your accounts except the savings account, which we were required to keep. And our relationship is over. And he begged to go back and apologize to the young lady. And we said, no. Um, People don't treat people like that. And um, we've got uh, eight, eight million members at the time, and 
we're not going to miss you at all. No, that's yeah. a long story. I'm sorry to tell it. But. No, no problem. And I mean, that's, that's a topic that, um, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about from members and so much so that we advocated for you know, the Credit Union Governance Modernization Act, which put in place an, an easier process to expel certain problem members. Of course, no credit union wants to get to that point where you're expelling members, but you know, having the option to do so for particularly troublesome, um, you know, problematic members is, is convenient. Um, and you know, the, the, previous process of holding a special meeting and, you know, getting all the votes that you need was just very cumbersome. I remember having many conversations with you about that uh, very topic years ago. And, um, you know, now the NCUA is working on that rulemaking and, and hopefully going to finalize it soon. I hope so too, but individual credit unions have to do what's best for their employees and members. And sometimes you just have to do workarounds. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got to do what works. All right. Well, looking back on your time in the credit union industry, what do you wish you had known before going into leadership at a credit union? Oh, that's That's a great question. Um As I think back, uh you know, I never, I, I didn't always get things right. Um, uh, when I first got to the credit union, I, I, I made every attempt to be open and above board with N2A and the examiners, uh, and I worked at it very hard. Um, but I have to tell you, I got frustrated after a while because it, they just weren't getting it, and um, or maybe they thought I just wasn't getting it. Um, so if I was to do something differently, I would probably uh, uh, work at that even harder. Uh, but it was difficult. <laughs> and for any of you who've had an examiner, you you probably know what I'm talking about. And uh, uh, but then then you go back and revert back to comment one. Do what you think's right for your employees and your members. And then if you get schwacked because of that then you'll sleep better at night. Right. So be it, but you're, you're focused on what matters most, right? Your, your employees, your members, your institution. And I used to say too, that my job was to, to focus on the employees first, not the members, because if I could make their environment, uh, some one where they were comfortable, they were happy, they would make the members environment even better. And, um, uh, that's where I like to spend a lot of time. That doesn't mean that I didn't ask them to do employees to do hard and tough things. Uh, but, um, I tried to convey to them that I had their best interests at heart and you know, that works. It does work. Well, there you have it. That's the key to success and, and growth. Uh, prioritize your employees, keep people happy and, and the rest will flow smoothly, right? Exactly. All exactly. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, any any parting words or or you know um, thoughts to share with our viewers before we close out? Um, I want to tell everybody about a program that we had at Navy Federal that I started. That if you don't have one like this, think about it. Um, 
we called it the president's challenge. And um, what we said to employees was every year, pick something that is good for you to do for your mental and physical health and, and stick to your plan and we will reward you at the end of the year uh, with a sweatshirt or, or a jacket or something that you've done the president's challenge. For example, one lady had been smoking for 40 years. She quit smoking. Wow. And we, I mean, we celebrated her uh, that, that she had done that, but she needed that little incentive to get over the, over the hump. Another guy said, I'm going to walk the stairs instead of take the elevator. Every day? And at the end of the year, he ran his first 10K race. Uh, it was magic. And Mary That's McDuffie uh, still does it today at Navy Federal. Um, now, I, I got in trouble with HR over because the lady that quit smoking, we gave her an extra award because I thought it was so cool. And she looked at me with a twinkle in her eye and she said, well, how are you going to know if I don't, if I start smoking again? <laughs> And I go, well, first of all, I know you're not, uh, but every once in a while, I'm going to come down and sniff your desk and uh, I'll know. And uh, <laughs> she just laughed. HR went crazy. She said, they said, you can't tell her that. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah, scouts on her, right? <laughs> Trust that you're, right. you're not doing it anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Cutler. Really appreciate you taking the time to join me for today's episode. And thank you all for tuning in to this exciting discussion about you know focus areas for credit union leaders. If you enjoy watching or listening to The Cup, please show your support for our podcast by subscribing uh, or hitting the notification icon to get updates on new episodes hit the like button and leave us a review of your favorite topics and you know, topics that we should discuss in future episodes. So we'd love to hear from you and until next time.